Hey there, conductors. If you've ever felt that you're not quite sure what to do next when you're studying a score, maybe you don't even know where to start with a difficult piece. Maybe you study one piece too much and then you realize at the first rehearsal that you don't know another one well enough. Or maybe you're a new conductor and you don't know what score study is. I'm excited to share that I'm finally publishing and sharing my score study checklist. I've been refining this for 12 years now, and I'm so excited to share it. It is going to walk you through my structure, my process to make sure that I learn every score that I need to learn well enough and so that nothing falls through the cracks. So it covers everything that you need to know. There's a link in the show notes. Go ahead and click it, sign up, and you'll get that score study checklist sent right to your email. You'll also get access to an eight-minute video of me explaining what each section is and how I use it to organize all the music that I need to learn. It's only eight minutes, so it's not going to take you a whole hour to learn how to study better, how to put up a process for your score study and how to make sure that nothing is falling through the cracks. So again, click the link in the show notes, and I hope to see you soon. Now, please enjoy this episode of Podium Time. Welcome to Podium Time, the podcast for conductors and students. Giving somebody that they might not know the chance to come and be in charge of their personnel and their organization and be an advocate for their organization. So there is a huge level of risk, which is why being a young conductor, I think, is so difficult, because who... Who wants to make a risk? I don't know. I think what's important is that every every engagement that you do really should lead to another engagement, particularly in the same organization. It should be a, a thing where actually your natural energy and chemistry with the organization makes them want to have you back. And, and in a way, it's just little bits of that, those kind of relationships just slowly developing. and welcome to Podium Time. This is your host, Jeremy D. Cuevas, and this week we're speaking with George Jackson, a London-based conductor who works entirely as a freelancer and guest conductor. We've split this interview into three parts as an experiment that we're running on the podcast of shorter but more focused episodes, and this first part is all about becoming and being successful as a guest conductor, as well as what it's like working with a manager. Be sure to tune in the next few episodes all about how we can learn to be better conductors with less podium time and how podcasts, film music, and Steve Reich to help revitalize classical music in America and around the world. As always, I'd like to thank our patrons on Patreon for supporting the podcast with just a couple bucks a month, and thanks to everybody that's a part of our Inner Circle Facebook group. Check out the show notes for links to these, and you can use the promo code PODIUMTIME at pagubatons.com for 20% off your first order. There's a link for that in the show notes as well. But first, let's get to part one of our chat with George Jackson. So you're doing all this guest conducting, and I think a lot of our listeners would be interested in how how did that start for you? Well, it's weird because the thing I've noticed about about the doing the job of of starting to guest and to do different bits of work is that I don't think I've ever been invited to conduct an orchestra in the same way twice in terms of how it's okay. actually happened. Um, every invitation has has been from some connection which maybe you would never have expected or mm-hmm. uh you know some kind of cross wire or something like that and so i think a lot of the time yes it's it's a uh, word of mouth and and actually reinvitation being the most important thing rather than just getting the first invitation but i think um the thing i'm realizing more and more is that a lot of orchestras once they know you and once they trust you 
um, it makes a lot of sense for them to hire you for various different projects. So often I've, I've noticed that if you have your first engagement with an orchestra and it's, it goes well and it's successful, um, invariably they'll give you a few engagements spread out over the next few years because it fills up their calendar and it gives them the chance to get to know you. Um, but also, you know, the, the level of risk, I mean, it, it, that's the thing that's so interesting about conducting is, especially as a young conductor, an organization hiring you to conduct them, you know, you're essentially putting their, their management in your hands, um, which is, you know, you, you imagine a business or a, you know, like a fast food restaurant saying, okay, um, you're going to come and manage us this week. I mean, it, it's such a risk. You know, you could bankrupt them or you could do something, you know, you could come up with a new burger, which is horrible, which nobody likes and closes the restaurant, you know. And so with conducting, it's similar. You're, what they're doing is they're giving, giving somebody that they might not know the chance to come and be in charge of their very, very, you know, their personnel and their organization and be an advocate for their organization. So there is a huge level of risk which is why being a young conductor, I think, is so difficult because who, who wants to make a risk? You know? And of course, as, as things get economically more difficult, um, the risk becomes even greater. And so in that sense, I've, I've noticed that it's, it's finding the position where there's not so much risk or, for example, um, a lot of the time an orchestra, they, they're really screwed and they need anyone that they can get. Um, and that's the moment when you can actually go in and say, right, good. So here we are. You, I'm the only one that's available. So you have to have me. And then you're in a position where you, you have to do well and you have to kind of make, make an impression. And, um, and it does, I think, I don't know. I think what's important is that every, every engagement that you do really should lead to another engagement, particularly in the same organization, um, to not, not to the point that you should kind of modify how you work to make everyone like you so that you get to go back, but it should be a, a thing where actually your natural kind of energy and chemistry with the organization makes them want to have you back so that that kind of snowballs into more work. And, and in a way, it's just little bits of that, those kind of relationships just slowly developing. And it does take a long time. You know, it's a very different system to, to the sort of, uh, well, at least the assistant conductor route that, that it's more prominent in the States. Yeah. And, it's, yeah, and the, the organization has to have a lot of trust you know, if they if yeah. they let you manage the restaurant for a week, they, <laughs> there's yeah, a lot exactly. riding on the line, and they have to know you're not gonna. Yeah, you know, yeah. So either either yeah. through building that trust through you know, showing them and whatever opportunities you get, or again through yeah. through knowing people that can that can vouch for you well enough. Yeah, that's that's yeah. the knowing people is important, and actually the the kind of um, sort of mini references where if you trust that person, then and that person's recommending you, then therefore you know you have to trust that and so there's a lot of that and it, it's a big i remember um so i I spent three years at um aspen music festival uh with, and, and the artistic director there um Azador santorian who's a great mentor and a fantastic um figure in, in the industry and i remember he used to always explain to us every year how the whole of this business is is really a big network of relationships mm -hmm. between lots of different people and I think the more that you realize that as a young conductor, the more you realize that actually, yes, it's about conducting and it's about the artistic side, but it really is about simply managing, managing your relationship with lots of different people, often on a global scale and being part of that sort of team and bigger network of, of what the whole thing really is, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So 
everybody who's studied at Aspen studied for three years. Is there a limit on how many years you can go? It's it's an unusual one. I don't know if everybody does three years. Um, I think the limit is two years actually, because um, you can do one year as a fellow, which is which is the kind of the normal way to be there, and then um, some people get invited back through a series of prizes that they award. So that would lead to two years. Um, the only way that you can do three years is if you have um, the Aspen Conducting Prize, which is the assistant conducting oh, okay. position, okay. Um, after after two years. And so um, that's how I was there for three years, um, and that's how most people I know who've done three years uh, would would have done. Would or Josh Wallerstein, yeah, yeah, yeah. Would, would be the same. Um, but most people do one or two years because I think that the repertoire. Um, what's great about Aspen is that in the conducting program you go through a series of repertoire. Um, over the summer, which I think almost shifts on a two-year cycle, so oh, okay. you wouldn't you wouldn't want to go back for the, for the third year because you'd be doing Tchaikovsky five again, which is fine. <laughs> but it's it, I think it's supposed to be a progressive two-year process, okay. mostly. Yeah, the you know. you know a lot of a lot of our guests w did did their work at Aspen, and and yeah. I, I, most of them will not say one or two years. Most of them will say three years. So I was, I was wondering why that why that pattern seems to show up so much. I think Aspen's changed though because uh, when Robert Spano took over, which now I'm not going to—I imagine it would have been about 2012, mm -hmm. perhaps or 11—he um, changed the program quite dramatically. I think beforehand, from what I understand, it was much more of a program which was a couple of active students and a larger class of, of passive students. Yeah. Um, but but Robert Spanner took over and he turned it into a, a very active class of 12 conducting fellows who would all be given very, very equal amounts of conducting throughout the season hmm. um, to the point where it was so, I mean, I remember seeing the, the graphs and the charts <laughs> where actually everybody almost down to the minute people got the same amount of time yeah. across, across the season. And, um, and so in that respect, I think it, I think it's changed and it's become, I suppose there's a fewer number of places um, but a more intense kind of work yeah. method yeah. Over, over the summer. Okay. Another question that a lot of our listeners have had is about just management, management as an, yeah. as an artist. Could you talk a bit about that? In terms of agencies and management companies? and I just, you know, like what... How how do how do you interact with a manager? How does that how does that work for you? Because because again, most of our listeners just have no experience whatsoever with that. Yeah, it's well, I've noticed as well that it it really depends on on the country you're in, and how those how those countries deal with music and deal with orchestras and okay. things. Um, from what I understand, um, in in the states, because orchestras generally have a couple of staff conductors, whether assistant mm -hmm. conductors or associate conductors, um, guest conductors aren't sort of relied upon so heavily. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, when I when I really was just finishing studying, I, I would often do kind of children's concerts and those mm -hmm. kinds of run out concerts that an assistant conductor would normally do. But there are no assistant conductors in the same way in European orchestras. Oh, okay. So in that respect, I think um, I think managers in in Europe generally they know that there is a market out there where conductors are being invited to guest conduct an orchestra. Um, I suppose America, there's a sort of tiering of the different levels of orchestras and who's available for those. But I think the, the misconception with management, which I'm realizing, and a lot of my colleagues also talk about the same thing, is that it's not 
it's not like a job center for out of work conductors, you know, who, who <laughs> fill your diary with various engagements. Um, uh-huh. And I think it, it looks like it might be like that simply because, um, you know, we, we always think, you know, it's like if, if you were going to go to an estate agent, you know, please, can you find me a house? Okay, good. That's the end of their job and you pay them. It's, it's a very, very <laughs> different relationship. It's, uh, I'd say it's a, it's a partnership um, in the sense that you're, you're considered to be an artist in the sense that you have um, artistic goals and things that you want to fulfill in the work that you do. Um, and I suppose the manager's job is to help you fulfill them. Mm-hmm. whether that means finding orchestras or finding engagements that or relationships that might help you fulfill those goals or simply doing the nuts and bolts administration of contracts and things that allow you to basically do your job yeah. um it's a very multifaceted job and actually you know it's it's sometimes it's like having a a, a girlfriend i mean it's it's a relationship as well you know and so it's it's quite a an interesting thing but it it does it it gives you a someone to kind of strategize a little bit with and okay. think about because i think the 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 thing about being a young conductor is um we all have ideas of what we'd like to conduct and what we like and what we want to do and we want to take over the world with our conducting and all these different types of things that i think are, are important but actually um what what's also important is how do you fit in as an artist let's say in the landscape where you're working mm-hmm. and that's you know that's something which you can't really control i think as a young conductor um but what's really really specific is okay how what are my goals what do i actually want to do you know and even to some extent you know how do i want to live because it also it is a lifestyle mm-hmm. you know some people some people want to live in a in one town and stay there and conduct the same orchestra and be responsible for that some people want to travel to a different city every week and conduct the best orchestras in the world or you know we i think it's it's um ha- having a manager is is really a kind of a sounding board and and a kind of a mechanism to to stabilize being part of the the sense of a team um and i think i think it does depend on on which which country you're in and which which musical culture you're working in um but it's it really is like just giving you that kind of support in a in a, in a similar way that your conducting teacher is as well mm-hmm. um because okay. in a way i mean i'm i'm very lucky with my with mark stringer who, my teacher that okay he was my teacher for for 5 years but actually he's still a primary source of advice about not just musical things but also um you know career things or, or life things and i think that's really important to have that mechanism because also you know when things start to happen or when things get really busy and you need you know the the boeings for dvorak 9 and if someone can pdf them to you or or you need to find out how you can fly to you know paris at 6:30 in the morning to get in time for a 10 o'clock rehearsal these people are all kind of part of your team and they help you realize these things in a very very quick and easy way so it's sort of it's sort of like a, a bit of everything um mm-hmm. and it's very very difficult i think to define it as an individual job but what it what it certainly isn't is get me loads of work please <laughs> which i think which i think people people mistakenly think is uh, okay absolutely yeah well i think i think we we also just kind of <clears throat> wish for that as well yeah just, of course i just want to put put that hard work onto somebody else and just just let me mm. conduct <laughs> but in a way i do, i don't think it's i don't think that it would be healthy to be invited to go to an orchestra 
just because they've been sold X yeah. young conductor. Yeah. I think that what's really important is you're you're developing an artistic profile. And so you'd like an orchestra to say, right, we need somebody to come and conduct this new premiere of this mm. piece. Um, and so this person has a profile which reflects that need. And it's I think that's a, a, a nicer reason to go and work with an orchestra than we just needed someone yeah. and you were available. Um, you know, it's like it's like going on a blind date, isn't it? It's it's sort <laughs> of a similar dynamic. You know, you'd like to think that they they've seen a photo or they've they've heard about you and they'd like to go on a date with yeah. you rather than just whoever. <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, so that's a very good way to think about it. I like that, you know, developing your your kind of identity as an artist and then and then yeah. fitting into the molds that are that are a good yeah thing. and it sounds it sounds really sort of um we say in england we say wanky i don't know if that comes across <laughs> as the right adjective but it sounds really precious and overly artistic and kind of um mm. superficial perhaps but but actually at the end of the day although we do have to learn you know how to conduct in four and in five and six plus six and all the different um beating patterns <laughs> actually we we are people who are supposed to offer something which is quite unusual in music or, you know, to, to a, a real living audience. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in that respect, I think that offering something artistically is, is actually the next step, which is, which is actually something where I think in terms of education, that's where education, I don't think can help in yeah. terms of teaching conductors, because that's where, that's where actually you, you as an individual take over from what you want to achieve, which is the hard part, I think. Yeah. Well, and all of these things go towards, um, you know, when that when that organization lets you puts you as the manager of the restaurant for a week. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Well, because yeah, you you go you go to the restaurant and you become their manager and you come up with. The, I have to give you the context because I watched the, that. You know, there was that film Supersize Me. Yeah, the, where the guy eats McDonald's for a long time. He, he's done a sequel which I watched yesterday, oh. Supersize Me Two, which is about. Um, just so he's not paying me to say this, but it's, just, it's <laughs> on my mind um, where he opens a chicken restaurant okay. to kind of assess how chicken farming is now and all these kinds yeah, of things. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting because it, it, it brings to mind this idea that if you are a conductor and you, and you go and manage a, a restaurant for a week, um, you know, you could come up with some amazing burger that everybody loves. And, and then they're going to say, well, actually, maybe we think you should continue managing this restaurant. Um, and in a way, that's sort of what becoming a music director might might be yeah. in terms of its analogy. Um, you might also go for a week and come up with the worst tofu burger that <laughs> likes, um, and then you'll never go back again. So I think trying to put it in those terms of, of kind of simple, mm-hmm. how does it actually interact with, with society is, is a really healthy way of thinking for conductors. You know? No, yeah, I, th- I think it's a, it's a really good metaphor, which is why I keep... Which is why I yeah, keep good. I'm glad. It. I'm glad. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Podium Time and listening all the way to the end. You've joined the full episode club. If you'd like to get more from the podcast, consider joining the Podium Time Inner Circle group on Facebook or check out our Patreon page for bonuses like behind-the-scene discussions and other educational extras. Links are in the show notes or at podiumtimepod.com. Mendelssohn's Italian Symphony was performed by the Czech National Symphony Orchestra and Beethoven's Egmont Overture was performed by Stefano Ligorati. Ligorati.